Hey everyone, it's here and welcome back to the Super Combo Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by our co-host Chris of UniX. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, it's just another day in the life as the world's best U7 Gohan player. It's just, it just feels good sometimes. Like, uh, I am doing fairly well, just had a pretty long streak of work and that was kind of unsettling, but... You know, I've been having a really good time lately playing this new My Hero gotcha game. It's been killing it, Ultra Impact, and I uh, started making videos for it. So, while I'm sitting here with this, like, content dryness on Dragon Ball Super, I'm at least having fun until we get some very, very more newsworthy stuff outside of what we're already going to put on this beautiful, beautiful podcast. Yeah, it's, 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 this lull is kind of crazy, right? Like, it's, it's a couple of things that kind of bring it all together where, one organized play still hasn't been announced so like that that you just can't talk about it and we're like already two months into the year so we're just kind of waiting to see what they're going to do with that um so there's no op the set got delayed till march so we're not playing with new cards um so it it, it really is just kind of just like well we're just kind of fiddling our thumbs and waiting to see what happens and you know while there are a couple of controversies every week <laughs> at the very least it keeps things entertaining right like we had people panicking about rotation for a week or two and at least hey at least we had something to talk about <laughs> uh whereas now it's just like all right so uh, you know at least uh, there's a couple of things the god rare got revealed finally in their latest dbs direct which was super cool i really thought they were going to save the reveal for the uh, battle hour but i'm I'm sure they're going to showcase it there anyways, because uh, there's no reason not to. And apparently we also are going to get some news about the new set, which is surprising, but, uh, you know, very much welcome. And then uh, after talking about the God Rare, we have rulings. So they've been rolling out Q&A rulings for the past couple of days now. Um, the player base finally got an opportunity to be able to dissect it. And that, uh, there are some controversial ones, to say the least. So those are going to be our two main topics for today. And then, of course, we'll jump in the SC mailbag at the end of it. So kicking off our first topic, the God Rare. It was revealed as the Vegeta. And if anybody thought it was not going to be the Vegeta, you are on some good shit. And I might need that hookup because there was no way in hell. Their first ever God Rare, the Highest rarity the game had ever released when your choices are between U7 Vegeta, Titty Mage, or Mira Absorbed Finn, that they were going to take anything but Vegeta. <laughs> um, so I guess, so, and for those of you guys who haven't seen it, it's very goldy. Um, effectively, it doesn't look all that starkly different from, you know, SCRs that we currently have or SCRs that we've currently had in the past. It looks textured, which is nice. A return to form to textured foiling is a big plus. And there's more gold foiling than typical. So your energy cost, like the eight, I think, is gold trimmed. The circles are gold trimmed. So there's a lot more gold foiling to it. Uh, what do you think about it, Chris? Well, um, before I give my thoughts, I just have to hearken back to uh, the chat room we had it was, I believe, you, uh, Janik, Brian, and I. When I joined in, I think people were just speculating about what it could be if it was Vegeta. And um, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but, like, look at the clues, Spencer, over here. I, I guess this down to its actual art, to a T, if you remember. The moment I came in and heard what you guys were talking about, you, you know, I was, like, talking about Final Flashes and this, and I was like, bro, look. <clears throat> I put on my magnifying glass, my Sherlock hat, 
And I believe I laid out some things. Look, I, I just feel like a great prognosticator when it comes to U7 secret rares. It should have been Final Flash. It should have been Final Flash. Hey, look, like I said in that chat, he used Final Flash meaningfully as Super Saiyan Blue versus Jiren. He did not use it. He did it as a throwaway when he when Goku was like Kaioken Blue. Like Goku just did a Kamehameha and Vegeta did a Final Flash, and it was like almost completely throwaway. But his biggest fight is SSBE was against Topo, and he went back to his final explosion and then literally didn't die. So, like, I was just like, bro, look, not only is that, like, his signature move for that tournament, for his biggest, like, bang, get it? Um, but he, uh, he literally, it was gold. Like, it was the goldest, like, attack in the entire tournament. And I was like, and if they don't just put foil all over that card that's gold, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like that—that that seems like an open. That's free real estate. Like so, I was like, this is this is pretty much going to be it. So, um, I I think it's cool. Um, it's weird because when I think of the God Rear, I thought of the Ghost Omni that they did with yeah, Digimon. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because I will not front. I think this card looks magnificent, but. It kind of just reminds me of like an SPR, SER, you know, like it's like a barely it's a step up in rarity and it's cool. But like when you saw that ghost Omni playing Digimon, if somebody ever put them on the table, there's like no way, shape or form you're mistaking that for anything else in the rarest card in the game. Like you were just looking at it and you're like, that looks a little different. But this Vegeta could easily just be like, oh, that's SER. Like you, if that makes sense, does that make sense? Yeah, it looks good. And that's that's kind of like my feeling on it too. Uh, like I'm not saying the card looks bad. The card is obviously gorgeous. And you know, I will say compared to other games, I w- Dragon Ball has a higher bar to set because even like just SPRs, you know, beat out how gorgeous they are versus secret rares of other card games. Like we have an incredibly high bar for how good our cards look. So like at the very least, I'll say that. But when I think God Rare, and like you said, it's because of like Omnimon, or um, if you look at the prizing cards for Nationals for Digimon, they have like black stylized, right? And I think the biggest thing for me, it 100% feels like an SPR version of an SCR where they just threw in some more foiling, they added in some texture, I think, if I, you know, saw it part of the page, which is dope. It's super cool. But when I think God Rare, and I think of what has been done in other games, it, I, I feel like I would want something that was stylized, something that had a stark difference. Now, I'm not partial. Like, I get some people didn't actually like how the Omnimon looked, but it. I feel like when you're going to go to a point where you're talking about God rare, it's a rarity above every other rarity. It needs to look like a new rarity. And this doesn't like sure you have the extras where you have the energy cost that is like foiled out and like that's dope, but it's still feels like a secret rare whereas god rare it could have been like prismatic or ghost or rainbow or you know something to delineate uh, delineate it from its predecessors and it just it doesn't feel like that all that much when you consider that it's just gold like it does you 100 had it right when it just it feels like an spr version of an scr and not a brand new rarity yeah that's definitely how i felt like i said like the omnimon is just so starkly different than anything else in the game so I just kind of was hoping that this came with that same energy. But either way, it is definitely going to be cool. You will be flexing on your opponent when you kill him with it, um, for sure. But I'm looking forward to it. Because if there's one thing that Bandai has shown us with this game, it's that they don't really stagnate when it comes to 
their card rarities. Like they do something and they don't just go, this is cool, don't fix it. They generally try to see how we can tweak this rarity. SPRs have changed so many times and we've had some SPRs that aren't as cool as other SPRs, but we've had some SPRs that look sick. Like I remember the first time they started putting like black and gold like backgrounds of the character behind it. I was like, oh, wait a second here. Like they've been doing some cool stuff. So I'm sure that this will not be the the this will not be the last God Rare, and they will probably be tweaking the formula as things go. So yeah, I I'm would imagine forward. too. Yeah, it's, uh, Digimon hasn't gone back to the Ghost Rare uh, yet, to my knowledge. And I guess I, I don't know what the cadence are going to be if they're they're probably going to do it again because like in my mind, anytime you're trying to sell a set. Even if it's a bad set, bro, just throw a lottery card in there. Like Magic the Gathering did it with masterpieces for like a hot number of sets, and it's like some of those sets that had masterpieces were trash. But there were some <laughs> of the be- but there were some of the best selling sets ever because, bro, I could just pull like a five hundred dollar card, you know. So I think I think the God Rare will come back, and you're right. I, they're they're not afraid to uh, reevaluate where they are on things. They've tried different things with SPRs a ton of time, even just regular rares, right? Like we went from like. Uh, textured foiling to shatter foiling to like uncommon foiling so like they're re- they're willing to experiment and that's the thing i'll appreciate they're willing to experiment um it's a little bit you know funny that this particular card didn't feel ex- all that experimental but i you know i appreciate them trying it if anything now the biggest thing for me is just originally i was going to i had put money aside and be like well i was gonna get two god rares one to play with and then one to grade but now i'm like I think I actually like the original art better. <laughs> uh, oh, see that I, I can't front with you. That is a that is an unfortunate truth. I think I could easily like I'm not going to lose any sleep not having the God Rare. Before I was like, uh, depending on how it is, I may sell it, I may not sell it. Now I'm definitely like, mm, nah, I don't I don't know about this one, Chief. Like <laughs> I might I might play with it in a tournament and then sell it after I top. Like yeah. that would be that would be the that would be the dream. Yeah, something like that. That's that's kind of the idea I'm sticking with here. Um I've heard a lot of spec. I mean originally I was like ballparking like a thousand on release. I've heard a lot of people say that they're thinking more four five hundred, which to me is absurd. I think the car's worth way more than that. But like, hey, if people want to cut the price in half of what I was expecting to pay, bro, the community can keep on wilding about the price all they want. I'll get my cheaper versions of it. So I think, nah, I, nah. yeah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. See, it's gonna hit the market, and then, as per usual, the monkeys are gonna get on TCG Player, put it up at some absurd price, and then that's not even how it's gonna end because you know, absurd prices on TCG Player don't mean nothing until some other monkey, in a just unison of lack of brainstem usage, buys it for said absurd price. That's when you got everybody on Facebook. This is the last sold price in two thousand dollars, bro. And here we are again. So I feel like uh, I have faith in the community being stupid when it comes to pricing cards. And therefore, uh, maybe you'll get it for cheap and can sell one for high later down the line. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think at minimum, I'll pick up a copy just to say I have it. It's a it's a universe seven and universe seven is very near and dear to my heart in terms of things I play. So uh might as well do it and then i'll evaluate from there depending on what the prices land see how many of them i pick up at max it'll be two i'm not i'm not trying to you know put my entire stock into cardboard but uh you know if i was gonna front a k for like one and then like that actually buys me two then like easy flex i, I got no issues with that look at this so. man flexing i love it <laughs> once in a while depends um 
like I said, it took me a long time for me to stop luxurying out my decks, especially the ones that I wasn't even playing. So mm-hmm. now now I just have like my deck and that's like the U7 stuff. Like I'll, I'll go the extra mile for that for sure. But um, yeah, so that's the God Rare. Um, super dope. They did it in a direct. So I'm glad that they're pushing, you know, more information towards the direct. Um, I... I Talking about the direct for a second, I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of all the questions they answer on there. Some of them seem like the freest free balls ever. <laughs> like, hey, how do you guys pick SPRs? And like, yeah, like they didn't even answer it. <laughs> uh, but I will say uh, the um, the one that they did ask, which I was well, the question was asked. It wasn't actually properly answered, but they asked. Uh, how long is UW going to be? And I'm like, yes, tell them. <laughs> I'm so done with this block. So, Bro, Unison Warrior Infinity coming out soon. <laughs> it was just, especially like, I was, uh, they were talking about Empower on the Direct. And I'm like, my guy, this is like the third or like, this is the second or third Unison mechanic you guys are releasing that is going to do nothing. Like, Spirit Boost was relevant on two cards. Uh, empower is going to be relevant on like a card. I'm just not seeing it, guys. Like, how how many unison based mechanics y'all going to release that are not going to do anything until like we just pivot off and try something new? So that we'll one see. is unfortunate. Uh, Spirit Boost had potential to be a very very good thing, and then they like literally gave Spirit Boost to barely any cards, and then even worse, like you said, only relevant Spirit Boost effects on two cards. Um, and it just wasn't enough incentive, like. Like, even playing Gohan when you have Frieza, I'm like, oh, I can Spear Boost this for more combo power? This is great. This is minus 10k on a battle card of Unison? This is great. But then they just, like, cucked it, because all he had to do was make it on either player's turn, or make it barrier, go through barrier on your turn, and it would have been a beautiful reason to waste a counter. But they really just be sitting here not doing anything with Spear Boost, and it's like, I thought this was supposed to be an entire mechanic. Yeah, the thing with Spirit Boost is that it's not even really a mechanic, right? Like, Spirit Boost is just an additional cost. It's basically just a balancing valve you can use. So you can argue you can make, you know, skills and effects more powerful because it has that additional cost associated to it that requires you to have an additional card on board. So, like, it's mecha- like at least in power, I will say, is mechanically interesting. There's a lot of design space you can explore with Empower. And it's and you have to be careful, right? Because Empower can lend itself to be incredibly broken depending on the cards you print. Um, you know, the one drop Demigra could be, you know, super I wouldn't say busted, but like a super solid sticky unison that if you had a green empower unison that had a broken ultimate, well then yeah, then like there'd be you know reason for concern. But uh, with Empower, they just played it too safe and none of this goes irrelevant, especially since like replacing your already probably really good uh unison on board for another one is actually a real cost. So mm-hmm. So there's that, but when it comes to spirit boost, like that, like it's just an additional cost. And then it's like, well, if you're going to make them additional costs and you have to make it worth it. Right. And it just feels like barely any cards, anything worth it. Um, one of the ones that, you know, felt like there was actual value behind the spirit boost is um, the dragon strike or the dragon fist Goku for the, from the Helku deck. Like that oh, one's was super cool. solid, but like, even then it's not really a cost because the leaders awaken side has a tutor for a unison so at any point in time like there's no counterplay if your opponent can just tutor their last unison out of the deck pay one for it and then go into their spirit boost (laughs) so it's just like it's weird it's like the most competitive ones that they have spirit boost for 
kind of feels like spirit boost is kind of just tacked on and the archetype already kind of takes care about having markers anyways so it's so there's no real give and take there in the first place anyways um like you said gohan well the entire archetype like awakens based on having a unison so like obviously you're gonna have unison so it doesn't really even feel like a cost on that front so it's it's spirit boost is like i said a balancing valve it's an additional cost they can use to make abilities more powerful but it just felt like it didn't really get there so and then empower is just you gotta be careful they played on the balance side forward and i just don't think as a consequence it's not going to see play because there's no reason for me to play to lose my because we're only running good unisons so yeah. on that fact it's like i'm not going to replace my already good unison to you know play a mediocre one just because it has more markers so uh, yeah, like they like to be honest, like yes, they're afraid to balance, but I'm gonna be real. Like, if they want us to use empower, these empowers need to be good. But the issue is, once again, without Bandai having a good testing team, I don't trust them to make an effect that's worth empowering that's Stop not breaking. snapped, that's not yeah, like toxic. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's either gonna be like dead fish or it's gonna be like toxic. Now, if we if we get some testers in here, we can have something that's like that makes the unison potentially almost like a boss card trigger. Like you're like, all right, I got five markers on this unison. All right, they about to learn today. But like right now, it's just kind of like I have never like out of any of the two drop red unisons that are currently in the game, I am never putting one of them in the grave to play this Goku. Are you telling me that like 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 it's like Killmonger from Black Panther? Like he's he's freaking King Piccolo or a Piccolo Junior. Uh, descendant of the king, and he's just freaking sitting here holding up seventeen and Frieza by the legs. Is this your king? Like, no, I am never wiping out a Piccolo unison. I'm never even probably wiping out a Frieza unison for that card. I'm like, man, this dude lets me draw two on my opponent's turn, plus two on my opponent's turn, or without the one drop plus one. Why would I get rid of that for this dude that's gonna burst one, draw one, and be a fifteen k? No way. He goes up to I think a twenty k triple shot. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Whatever it is, it's not enough. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's not enough. Yeah. I mean, mentioning KP, I still don't know how his auto is not once per turn. That blows my freaking mind. But nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, he kind of, it's, it's kind of weird though. Like, be real about it. If he was limit one, would he even feel good? I think he would still be a good Yes. Player, but it'd be so weird. Bro, reinforcement negate. Like, all right, your first oh, yeah, reinforcement so negate. <laughs> your first re your reinforcement negate doesn't do dick. Um, you know, like you don't get your free bodies if you're countering with like a floodgate, like a hero prospect or a robotic repose. Like that's that's a bit less. But the fact that it procs off of the reinforcement negate is so goddamn tilting. Like, I definitely that forgot about how dumb that part was, and um, I forgot about the interaction, and I also just forgot about like how you can stack certain interactions. Like I got baby. I got baby aped one time and I was like, oh, I can't take care of the baby ape. And I was like, wait, uh, uh, higher brainstem function, activate, counterplay, merciless barrage, minus 15K, piccolo trigger. It's only 15K now. Get that shit out of here. Like that felt so That shit's good. so dumb, bro. The amount of time that's been done to me and I'm like, this is so stupid. This that is so, so stupid, good. bro. Okay, but at least at least that requires brainstem function. True, like you're true, not getting true. your average Mongo Bongo ape head to like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, hundred <laughs> percent. But then again, that that for the people that are listening, that doesn't make something excusable for being toxic. Because once you get to a good enough level of being a player, everybody you play at those top tables should have a functioning brainstem. So if it's toxic, 
just because people at locals are too mongo bongo sometimes to use them correctly does not mean a mechanic is bad. Like when those when you have that one dude's like, I play Yellow Garlic Jr. and I never lose to this deck. Sorry, dog. It's not that you're broken. It's not that I mean you may be broken, but it's not that Garlic Jr. is up to snuff. It's that they are probably not piloting that deck correctly. So like, you just have to understand that toxicity is inexcusable regardless of how much player input it takes. Yeah, 100 percent Um and at the end of the day, like top players are just gonna play with it, right? And I think the best part is when top players can recognize that something's not healthy, but it doesn't mean they're not going to play with it, right? Like, I complain about Foo for forever, but, like, I'm going to still play because I'm still trying to win, so. It's it's it's, 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 fun, it's, yeah, it's that fun. Yeah, you know, you know the amount of people that reached out to me after last week's podcast talking to me about the Booty Warrior Foo, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, that's... The easy way is dying before turn six. The hard way is getting to turn six, having food played on you, and then having to swing through all your combo power. And that booty warrior food is a thing. <laughs> that man was an SCR power. Like, he, like, all right, look, Fu was literally Jiren. Fu was dead ass Jiren from yeah. like Dragon Ball Super. He was the mortal beyond God. He did not have ultimate. But you played him at one, and he ended games the turn he came down. <laughs> like, who was on another level? Yeah, Wild yeah, how yeah. strong he was. How old he was, too. Like, how are you that old and still busted, bro? <laughs> Sensu Bean sweating profusely in the corner. Okay, Sensu Bean, <laughs> extender piece. Champa, extender piece. Who was a legitimate boss card made before certain True. specific keywords, and he's still just nasty. Like you have other people, like Goku Frieza. I tap five, and you know I don't have deflector barrier, so I suck. Foo's like deflector. Get that weak shit out of me. Like Foo has no protection; it just comes down for game. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was strong. He's like, deflector barrier sounds like some pussy shit to me. Damn, <laughs> yeah. Negate skills, bro. What the fuck? You just don't activate that shit. What you mean? He said, you got, you need a counterplay, or you just need to hold your peace, bro. Because I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming in. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, so, as far as the direct goes, that was pretty much it. It's just a quick highlight of, you know, uh the set releases uh the new set coming out we got the god rare which is super dope and uh, announcing that they're going to be showcasing some stuff at uh battle hour which is exciting uh, battle hour got announced as well looks like we're going to be watching brian sam fight against andrew duval which is super cool uh a change of form from last time last time they had all the national champions compete if i remember correctly plus eggman uh as the player's choice and this time around it looks like we're just gonna have uh quote unquote national champ versus national champ um, if we account for Brian winning out the previous year's uh, battle hour. So that's cool. Should be exciting. Looking forward to doing that. That's not this weekend, but it's next weekend, uh, the week that um, that this pod releases. So should be exciting. Looking forward to that. Uh, should be a good time. And hopefully something about the new set will at least give us a couple of more weeks of content to talk about it before the actual release of uh, the new set. We get new cards and then we're able to kind of mess around with the new format. So that should be exciting. Hey, look, bro, uh, they gave us Goten, Goku, and Gohan, and I had an entire video talking about what I thought the leaders would be for this set. And uh, I will have you know, I, it was over a 50% accuracy rating. I predicted Goku Black being in the set. I just thought, I thought it would be blue. 
I actually, no, it was both Trunks and Goku Black. I thought they would both be in the set, but I thought they would go blue this time. I did not expect them to be in yellow. Um, look, they give me anything, and I will eat it up and give you guys the speculation that you love to watch, or I assume you love to watch. I can't assume you hate to watch it, otherwise I'd be depressed and I wouldn't make content. I'm going to assume you love to watch it. I mean, if they hate to watch it, they're still watching, so you're still winning. Oh, you right. You right. Look at that <laughs> winner mentality right there. Only W's. Hey, yo. So, uh, that was it for the direct. Our second topic for today are uh, rulings. So, every set, they update the Q&A. And typically, this is very much welcome because it gives us, you know, every set release almost, there's like some quirks regarding cards, how they're supposed to interact. And it's always wait until the Q&A, wait until the Q&A. So, they've been pushing out the Q&A. And uh, this time around, not only did they add Q&A for new cards, but they updated how old cards work too. And I feel like this might be because there's some things coming down the pipeline design-wise that they kind of want to fix. But I I, I don't know. So, some of it is just like, I would have rather Dorada's. And then other things are just like, they're literally rewriting the English language. Um, I, I think, and we can just start with this one. Uh, the biggest fault frustration for me is the end of turn one, where... The new Deborah that's coming out, the Swap Deborah, somehow, I don't know, I don't even know how, but somehow there's a way to play out on your opponent's turn. And then Deborah does something like preventing your opponent from attacking with the leader or something stupid like that until the end of your opponent's next turn. So typically the way that these things have ruled, and it's that's how it worked with um, the Broly Swap 4-drop, if you played Red Broly, it's how Mafuba works, is that if you play a card on your opponent's turn, that says until the end of your opponent's next turn, well then, you know, we, most listeners here would presume are proficient with English, uh, then that means the next of your opponent's turn, at that end turn, is when those effects will drop off. Um, so if you Mafuba your opponent's battle card, they don't get the battle card to quote-unquote come back until the end of their next turn. So they're effectively missing out on that card's utility for an entire turn. That's no longer the case. Uh, they have decided to rule it so that any card that says until the end of your opponent's next turn just means until the end of the turn. Which, uh, uh, well, of, of that player's turn. So, like, if you deboard on your own turn, your opponent's leader still wouldn't be able to attack on their next turn. But any effects that happen on your opponent's turn, it doesn't go to the quote-unquote next turn. It is... Only till the next end phase. I think this is absolutely ridiculous. That's not how the English language works. Like, you just can't... Like, that's so unfortunate to Grok. Like, at that point... And who knows? Maybe they've been wanting to change for a while how Mafuba and how Broly Swap works. And, like, shit. If that's the case, fine. But just errata those cards. Like, I, how do I justify to a new player that the card text does not mean what English is meant to mean? Like, it, I, that is such a huge frustration point for me. I, I understand that we have a lot of issues in regards to translations because, you know, it's not obvious translating from Japanese to English. And then even more so if you have translators who aren't super comfortable with the card game. So sometimes things aren't super consistent, like fair, like shit, ha shit happens. But like, you can't just flat out take how the English language works and completely ignore it. Like that's, that's ridiculous to me. I, I, it, I actually, as like this one and the light trunks one, but like the light trunks we can talk about afterwards, but this one primarily is just like, I, like, I'm not trying to teach new players the Ben dialect of English. Like. All right. He mad, mad. Look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I definitely can get behind a lot of what was just said. 
I don't think that we needed to, I don't think that we needed to actually change how the ruling works as much as look, if you don't want rulings to work this way again, then just make sure you never print a card that does this the same way again. Exactly. From, from, from here forward, you could have just for the rest of the game been like, all right, we will never print a card that says until the end of your opponent's next turn. But instead, what we got was this weird wonky errata that's gonna make old cards more confusing. Not to mention the fact that like like we don't even use Mofuba. Why? Why why are we doing this when we don't even use Mofuba? And then second like like red broly was odd because it can just come in and just ruin somebody's life but chances are it wasn't necessarily going to uh, it, it's very it's very weird i think it's very very weird that they tried to make an errata instead of just being like you know what this is just the way it's going to be from here on uh erratas are always messy and this game has not yet made a good way of distributing eroded cards. Like there's like we just have to literally sit and look at cards that don't do what they say. So I don't really like it. I'm trying to figure out what they're doing when it comes to this, but as a whole, I think they just start needing to ban or errata or they need to start banning limiting or semi-limiting cards. We we don't need erratas anymore. There's too much. There's so many. Like it's like at this point, at this point I would actually prefer bans and then retrains. Which I think is like, yeah, it's annoying because like you're taking away a slot of like a new card and a new set, but like I don't care anymore. Like the, the errata list is already so long and these feels like they should just be erratas. And that, like for me, it's not even the cards, right? Like it's it's the principle of things. Like I love Mofuba and like does it suck that like it loses utility shirt? But like Mofuba was more like a spicy tech that I would run once in a while when I'm feeling frisky. You know, um, I've had some people treat this ruling as if like it killed their Red Broly swap deck. I'm like, chill, my guy. The reason you won the game wasn't because your opponent didn't get the one card that you got rid of when your four drop came on the board. That didn't kill your deck. Like, relax. <laughs> it just made it incredibly harder for your opponent to try to come back because they'd still be missing half that crap after you just beat the dog shit out of them. Like, but, like, yeah, like, your deck did not... Li I, I agree with you. Sorry, I agree with you. Strongly. Yeah, yeah it's just like, it, that didn't kill your deck, my guy. Like, it's one less card. Relax. So, it, it's not so much the cards it impacted... It's very much just the principle of things. Like, already, it is so hard to get new players into our card game. And now our fucking cards don't even say what they... Like, don't do what they say they do. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, at this point, I, I would rather just bans and then retrains. Because then at least our game can be consistent. Because you're right, the Bandai hasn't figured out a right way to distribute a lot of cards. They tried with the revision packs. And I'd argue the issue wasn't the revision pack themselves. I mean, that was part of the issue, but it was also the distribution method where it's like you literally flooded the entire market with all of these to a point where they were completely worthless and they were used as prizing for like side events at locals for like a solid month. So it just it just felt like a really deadpan way to do it. I think the best way is just dedicate like if you ever do a mythic booster set again, just dedicate some slots of that to being exclusively reprints. And at least then there's the gold foiling to look forward to. The the last way of doing erotic cards just wasn't great. So I, I don't think that's an issue. We do need erotic cards because we just have too many of them. So having a revised version is 100% probably necessary for the longevity of the game, but there is a way to do it. And I don't know, this this just feels like this 100%, this ruling literally just exists because Bandai didn't consider what if this card is played on my opponent's turn? And then it's just like, well, shit. <laughs> and now it's just like, let's rewrite how English works. 
and it's uh anyways i'm i'm i'm, I'm about to go down the same goddamn pitfall oh, no, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> so yeah so that's that's the one on that one um the other big one is life trunks so for those of you guys who don't know uh set 10 life trunks was a deck where effectively you could reveal the card that you're adding to hand when you take damage and then some of the cards you would reveal would allow you to ramp or they would play themselves and act as removal or they would be blockers so effectively the entire strategy of the deck is that whenever you take a hit you're able to utilize your life by revealing it the deck isn't incre- the deck is not that consistent though it's really kind of tough so they printed a one drop promo <laughs> that when you play it, you can take two cards from your hand, put them in your life face up, and then take two cards from your life. So effectively, you've set up your life to be able to guarantee your early turn, uh, your turn two ramps or what you know what you need. So on that front, incredibly powerful, super cool. Uh, it also means you can't get critted because the replacement effect uh, also works with crit. So if your opponent crits, you can just take the card to hand. And the leader's pretty dope. Like I've, yeah, it's super dope. And I've considered going back to the leader before too, because like, um, it can play like a decent plan. The boss monster is incredibly solid. It can, it's like a pseudo ramp deck. It um, awakens early because it can awaken whenever your opponent awakens. So there's a lot of great utility in the deck. But effectively, they've changed the ruling now, where like I get where they're coming from because it's a little jank, where they said. If you have a life face up, Trunks can't use his permanent to reveal something that's quote unquote already revealed. Now, I get that. That actually makes sense. But what's the point? Like, what was the point of printing this promo in the first place, right? Well, okay, they probably didn't consider that three or four sets down the line they were going to do life flipping again and then, like, it was going to impact. So. Eh, I'm, I'm just annoyed. Like, this is just like no, no, no foresight. And it's just like you can still have. The way it worked previously was that Trunks' permanent effect forced the reveal. And now they're just saying that it doesn't because the cards are revealed. So that, I'm just annoyed. Like, I'm not, I'm, this isn't as much of a rant for the end of turn one because I don't think it has a greater impact on how the card game gets designed. But specifically to just, like, tone down a deck that wasn't even getting played, I think is a little, like, why? Like, th- like it. if this is how it feels being a green player where your green cards for some reason are on the ban list, even though your color hasn't done dick for, like, two sets... Like, okay, then I get how you guys feel. Cause this feels like a kick in the nuts for no reason. I'm all I'm all like actually uh I might have to make that meme now. It's gonna be a Frieza after he got spear boned on Namek. And Goku will literally be Icarus, and then like you'll have uh you'll have like I don't know, Goku will be Sin Shenron. No, I think he'll be Icarus. He'll be Icarus, Pickle will be some threatening deck that's threatening but hasn't like ruined the format. And then Krillin will just be blue trunks, blue future trunks. He just gets like beamed up and exploded for no reason. <laughs> like, like, just help me! <laughs> and there was no reason. There was no reason to even touch those effects. Um, part of me wants to be hopeful and say that maybe they're planning some more life flip and they need to clarify how this works because mm-hmm. it might be snapped away. But it just seems so arbitrary right now. But then again, one thing we do have to realize is uh, this may be giving the dev team more credit than is due, but they are about four sets or four months to five months ahead of us on the design curve. So they are likely almost already done with the next set, especially with the delays. The delays for um, Realm of the Gods that's a shipping delay. That's a manufacturing delay. That's not necessarily a design delay. The like pandemic doesn't stop designing. It stops like a whole bunch of stuff with shipping and manufacturing. But for all we know, this could be a, a mechanic in set 18, not 17, that they're already trying to prep for. 
So there's nowhere to really know until we know. But uh, it definitely did seem very random. Um, I see the trunks is weird to me though as a deck, only because um, when they got that one drop that like was absolutely nutsack stupid for the deck, it reminded me of how Konami tends to handle uh, updates to previous decks. You get three or four snapped new cards that are supposed to work in conjunction with the old cards. And these cards are so snapped that they turn a six, seven, eight set archetype into a top contender deck because they're so snapped. But then you just run the risk of opening up a hand of five and not having any of the new cards and then just realizing, wow, I'm playing an eight set old deck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it works. Like the, the, the power level of that Trunks deck is literally light, night and day if you do not open with that new card. In my opinion, it just doesn't feel good when you don't see it. It just like, wow, I don't feel good at all. But then you open it or you have access to it regularly and you're like, oh, yeah, my favorite deck is back on the map. So I always kind of feel weird when they buff an archetype with uh, new cards because they really are just trying to take five set from now card quality and like try to inject it into a dead archetype to make it clean. So I don't know. It's weird for me. Yeah, it's not the first time they've done it either, right? Like, OG Broly got their new field card. The OG King Vegeta got their field card. So it's not the first time they've done it in front. But, like, those decks 100% all completely night and day, depending on if they see those cards or not. And that is 100% true with the Trunks, right? It is it is literally, like, if your opponent plays into you, into it, the difference between a turn one Trunks and not is the difference between your deck doing nothing for, like, four or five turns and having, like, a turn two Boo Unison. Like, it's actually ridiculous. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, yeah it, it's just i don't know i'm not sure why but like you said i i foresee this being probably because there's future design things coming that we just don't have visibility to right now it just kind of sucks especially since trunks is one of those decks that i've been thinking about coming back to just for fun and it's like well again here's here's a deck that just like the crimson vegeta it got eroded to a point where like no <laughs> yeah the heart and soul of the deck still exists but the viability of it is just not it so that's another ruling Again, that's been pretty controversial. People were definitely on cock and balls, though, if they didn't think Vegeta was about to get eroded. Like, Bruh, every time... Dude, that deck every was bad. Time, dude, every single time... It's it's not the fact that the deck is good or bad. It's the fact that every single time an effect like that has been in the game, you have never been able just to decide that the cost was zero. Like, it, they always want you to drop a card if you're gaining card like that. You look at him, and he already draws. They were not ever intending on that man being a plus two. Filter it's two, plus top one. three. Yes. You are going to whiff like 50% of the time. I mean, that's fair. But to be, like, what I'm saying is you can look at their design. When they want a card to be a clear plus two, it's known. But 9.5 times out of 10, you are drawing a card, attempting to search a card. Drawing a card, attempting to recur something in the graveyard. Drawing two cards, discarding one, or bottom decking one. There are very few leaders that just solid, straight up, plus two for no reason. And so the moment I saw Vegeta, the fact that he draws one and then also has an activate battle, and saw the wording on it, I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure this is about to get smacked before it comes out like for play. Because, simply because, they very rarely do that. Like, they if, if they just wanted you to search top three, and not discard a card, they straight up would have just not even put the discard clause on there. Or they would have 
they would have written this card it like matters. Search, top three, search top three and if you then, take a card yeah that makes sense yeah they would have been like if you take a card do this or search top three and you may discard up to one or discard up to one like they would have put it afterwards they wouldn't have put it in the cost section and then given you the option of choosing zero they would have been like you search top three and to resolve the effect you can do it like it was just written weird you know it's not it had no cost essentially it's yeah. cost optional yeah but that's like yeah i guess like the the, the point of it I mean, it wasn't optional. You could just choose zero. But I guess that's weird because then you could argue that's not really a cost. It's I understand the card was written weirdly. Don't get me wrong. But like in the concept of how the archetype is meant to work by having a blue red saying in your drop so that you could ramp with the five drop Gogeta, like it makes sense. Like it. But I get it. It's wonky. Like, I don't know. It's just it's just more. It, it's just in the same vein of feeling like we're just hitting decks that we're not going to get off the ground. Yeah, Yes, I guess it, like the Crimson Vegeta was a plus two, but it was a plus two on literally just 5k. And I get they don't do it often, but there's an inherent difference between Icarus that was able to do that for multiple formats versus like a blue deck that can only do it on the unawakened side, which it'll only be for two turns and only be able to look at the top three and only for Goku and Vegeta BRs. Which oh, are fair. which are arguably like garbage cards, not like will, objectively garbage cards for like ninety percent of them outside of fusion fodder. I will raise you on this one though. Hear me out here. Ready for it? Ready for the boom? Mm. When Icarus came out, they gave it plus twos because you were mostly just gonna draw into a bunch of ain't shit cards, a bunch of not offensive defensive cards, and freaking some vanillas. Like Icarus grew. Simply because we got better and better yellow cards to draw into. And then it's plus two became a problem. But I remember doing like a deck profile, like when Icarus first came out, bro, you weren't drawn into anything. Like you drew into enough to keep you alive versus certain aggro decks. You didn't draw into enough to close the game, to control the game. But yellow grew around Icarus. And it just became to a point where when 90% of your deck is gas, plus twoing is like, is just destructively good. But I think that was a product of them making it and thinking, oh, it runs vanillas. It needs to have a whole bunch of cards in hand because half the cards don't do shit. Like, <laughs> it just became like, no, I'm going to run four vanillas and freaking 46 gas-ass cards. Oh. Huh. Oh. How could we have not seen this five sets in advance? All right, well, <laughs> we're going to have to do something about this. Yeah, I, I think the one difference on that front, though, is that, like, it's a it's a bit of a tighter comparison because of how our type locked you know the 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 crimson deck is right you're not drawing blue cards you're drawing specifically br cards versus icarus can draw any card whether it's yellow not or whatever right so i think i think the restriction warranted it being a little above the curve but like i get it it's fine it's here basically i'm just not gonna play the deck <laughs> i'm gonna right, take Jeff. i'm gonna take the new shit they gave me i'm gonna throw it in my ramco gita deck and call it a day like that's that's basically where i'm at with it now that's fair that's fair but aren't they uh if i'm not mistaken i have to see what uh deck this or what uh how it's worded but weren't they both activate or uh weren't they both autos for uh the blue reds uh, well uh for the vegeta leader i'm trying to find him right now on the facebook page but i believe they were both autos it was an activate battle, wasn't it? Ooh, it might have actually been an activate battle, yeah. Yeah. So. Because, like, 
Yeah, you can't, if I'm not mistaken, there's no way to actually stack them. Where can I find this card? There's no way to, if they were both autos, you could at least do the top three search and then try to draw, which effectively is actually really stupid because you'd be able to thin your deck by a useless BR card and then hopefully draw into something more alive. But um, yeah, okay, I found them. Yeah, it's, it's not just, a battle, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's definitely weird. But the thing is, though, even though it's an activate battle, you start doing the you start rolling with this card, and he's a card that benefits from being on his front side as long as possible because of the strict plus two that he was before Arada. But um, the longer you go with this card on his front side, the less cards you have. Like you're gonna be you're you, like I played against uh, Monty built it, and just plucking out all these cards allowed you to have this massive wall of combo power. It was very hard to get chip damage in on the deck, nor shotgun it. And then you still were a blue deck, and you drew so many cards. Like, he's always got Baby Hatch when he needs to use it. He's always got, like... The deck definitely had a quantity over quality Chris. type. Chris, hmm? did you did you win that matchup of versus Armani? Ah, yes, Armani. Bring it back. <laughs> um, it, uh, I'm just going to have a... Did you win? Did you win? Um, I won I won one of the games. We didn't finish the match. I won one of the games. One of the games I did not win because if if the deck gets to a point where it can start playing its good cards, you can't really block much of it because they have like infinite 5Ks in hand. Um, the combo power is very, very immense in that deck. But um, the key to playing that deck is the fact that you don't... With Vegeta, you didn't really need to use his fusion fodder. Um, that was a trap. You could really just use it as a aggressive blue deck that has Gogeta Fusion's top end. And um, not to mention the fact that I learned very, very the hard way that that Gogeta that can swing infinitely as long as you have battle cards is nothing to fuck with. That dude cleared my board with the swiftness. I was like, oh. It's a good time. That all, that, that all has no limit. He's just going to 30k punch my entire board. Yep. Alrighty then. There's no use wasting combo power on this one. I got it. I got mm -hmm. caught lacking. I comboed out of an attack, and I was like, damn, that sucked. And he was like, stand, swing again. I was like, wait, what? And read it. I was yes, like, oh. sir. Yes, sir. That's my entire board. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that same vein. Um, so it's, it's just rulings over the past few weeks have just been... A very interesting way that they've decided to well that's not even a ruling actually that was just a flat out of rotten i think about it but effectively just weird coming out of nowhere it feels like we're we're going to see why a lot of these decisions were made down the line um i think the end of rule thing was literally just because they said shit we got it like we made deborah and didn't realize we could be he could be played on our opponent's turn so they just decided to rewrite english that one i'm still super salty about more so <laughs> more so than anything like don't get me wrong i i'm sad that I lost Life Trunks as a viable deck, but like that, like that's fine. Like I'll just accept it. I'll move on to another deck. the The fact that we're rewriting how English works is like super tilting to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the most the last impactful thing is um taking control now. So the way that taking control of cards worked was kind of I think this is how it works in Yu Gi Oh, where effectively if you take control of a card, you you become the master of any of the skills that proc off of that card, switching sides on the board. Or when it leaves board or whatever. So uh previously it was the kind of same with Dragon Ball where if you took control of a card, if you had uh skills that would proc on the card leaving board, uh you who took control of the card would be the owner of that skill. Now, instead, um, and we've seen this predominantly with people um swiping the five drop 
uh, Vegeta from the King Vegeta deck and then like burning your opponent for it. Alternatively, now uh, the auto that procs or any skills that proc off the card leaving the board by being taken control of uh, stays with the master of the, like the original master of the card. I think that's more intuitive. That makes more sense to me. It impacts a couple of cards, um, most notably cards that take control of other cards, um, you know, Mikey Cobra and stuff like that. I actually think this is a good ruling, though. Like this, this while it is a shame that it works differently than what people are used to, this to me is more intuitive. And like maybe it's because I come from a magic world where like the swapping of mastery of like skills isn't a thing. But like this to me is like, yeah, okay. If I had to take a guess at how this would work coming into this game fresh, I would just assume the card left my board, I get the skill. It's weird to me because I think the stupidest thing that has happened so far with this ruling, in my opinion, is the interaction with the Sin Shinron, where you can take your opponent's Sin Shinron and then like gain like the ball and draw two effect. And that is like destructively stupid in that mirror. <laughs> like you can you can pan somebody's crap to your board and then get the effect and just like go like plus three. And I'm like, absolutely not. But um from Yu-Gi-Oh's perspective, I can tell you that I think Yu-Gi-Oh's actually had the most efficient ruling on that. But unlike Yu-Gi-Oh, we have like weird rules. Well, I, I guess they're not weird, but they're weird coming from a Yu-Gi-Oh standpoint because almost all of our effects like activate either in hand or field. But in Yu-Gi-Oh, cards can also activate and resolve in two different spaces or they activate and resolve in the same space. What I mean by this is it's not a matter of who controls it it's a matter of who has the card when it activates so mm-hmm. um for instance back in the day for you guys that remember uh, creature swap you could set a monster that says when this card is destroyed by a battle special summon a um special summon a monster you could creature swap that card with your opponent's card swing on your own mystic tomato and that Mystic Tomato dies, goes to your graveyard, officially activates after it's been destroyed by battle, and reads, I am in the player's graveyard. And the interaction would be, you switch monsters, you swing on your uh, your Mystic Tomato on your opponent's side of the board, it dies, it goes to your graveyard, activates in your graveyard, you special summon a monster from your deck on your side of the field. Because that effect activates and resolves in your graveyard. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where... I would like it more if effects would be in tune like that with Dragon Ball. Because this weird, I take a monster, and now it's like on my side of the field, so I gain its remove from field effect. That's really wonky for me. Technically, I feel like they should designate when a card is removed from your side of the field. Because this card has not been necessarily, in my opinion, removed from the field. It's just switched from one side to another. But the way the rulings in Dragon Ball Super currently work, apparently your field is the field. If it leaves your field to their field, it's considered leaving the field. And that's just weird for me. It didn't hit a hand. It didn't go to the bottom of the deck. It didn't go to the drop zone. It didn't get warped. So I just don't necessarily agree with that, but it is how the game's working. Yeah, it's it, it's weird. It's And like, no matter how this gets ruled, I'm still going to take a double take and probably just end up asking the judge how this is supposed to resolve again. Because <laughs> like, it's, uh, I don't know. It, I get stuck to a point where I actually think I end up believing how it's supposed to work both ways and i kind of just get lost myself so this is one of the weirder ones um but like it's fine it's i, th- I think they're trying to tighten up rulings on that uh, we'll see how that takes in terms of the player base adapting it 
should be okay e either way I don't, it's very niche like it happens especially like since like sin is a deck that can take control of cards predominantly and then that control the control version of that deck is going to be around for probably a good amount of the next meta so it, we're going to see it but it doesn't impact too many cards so in general i think it should be not bad there's actually one other ruling that i remembered and this one just makes no sense and like not even from like a rewriting how english works perspective like mechanically it should not work the they there's a ruling on frost where frost in the new set has a skill where if it attacks an opponent's battle card you can ko it and then in the q a they have a ruling that says if i activate frost's ability to ko a card and my opponent activates blocker which card gets ko'd and then they ruled it that the card that is the defender card once the auto resolves, which would be the blocker, gets KO'd. That makes no sense because blocker is an auto keyword. Blocker will never resolve before the resolution of Frost's on-swing auto. So how is this being ruled this way? Is That boggled my mind, actually. Right? Like, at no point are you ever going to activate Blocker before Frost gets his proc. So, how how, how does this... And so, I think this is flat out just, like, them misreading the card. Because there is no way in rules processing that this works. Unless, all of a sudden, we're changing how auto-resolution happens and Blocker happens before autos. And that completely changes the game altogether. Yeah, just the way that works, like counter, autos, blockers, offensive combo, defensive combo, end, like end of the battle step. Like, so I don't even know how that's supposed to work. That, that's the thing. I don't think it does work. It has to be an error on their end. I'm not sure. But by every, because that, like that change, if it's, if they're ruling that that's how that works, that change will have the greatest impact in the game because all of a sudden blocker procs before autos proc and that's a big that is the most impactful change that could come out of this q a change and it makes no sense unless for some reason they're going to rule it that destruction effects proc like end of combat which gives a checkpoint window for blocker to activate but that's just wonky too that makes no sense to me it's like so, stop like, it you're doing their work for them <laughs> so I don't know. That one's weird. And I think it has the potential to break the game the most. So I think that's just a messed up Q&A and they're probably going to replace it. But that one is incredibly wonky and is super weird and should not work the way that it's written at the moment. So. Oy. But uh, those were the rulings. Um, I don't know if you had any final takes on any of the errata stuff that kind of showcased itself in this last couple of days before we jump over to the mailbag oh no we covered it breath <laughs> yeah so those are our topics for today guys a little bit more downtime i mean just like our videos we're kind of just scrounging around trying to get any any morsel of content <laughs> that uh, bandai will send our way so please please could you spare but a crumb of, a crumb of content <laughs> like at this point bro anytime there's a facebook post i'm just like shay free content baby <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, God. So uh, that was the biggest things, of course. Uh, next week, we're going to probably talk about uh, 
Uh, actually, I don't. We're not getting anything this weekend. Never mind. But um, you know, Battle Hour is gonna be. Oh yeah, so Battle Hour is gonna be happening this weekend, and then next weekend we have DBS Fest. So that's gonna be super exciting. At least that'll give us something to talk about and get people primed and ready for. Uh, I don't know. DBS Fest is in March. Never mind. I was thinking of. Um, okay, it's literally just Battle Hour this month, eh? Now that I'm thinking about it. Oy. It hurts. Oy. Oh my god, I did not even re- that didn't even occur to me. I thought we were in March already. God damn. All right, so yeah, we got we got battle hour coming up. That should be cool. <laughs> so that'll give us something. We'll see. Maybe you know, talking about the format and stuff next week. Maybe we take a topic like uh, who knows, art and stuff like that. We'll see. But uh, that was our topic today. Of course, we have the SC mailbag to wrap it up. And of course, guys, if you have any questions you'd like to like us to answer on air, then you do have to point your tweets over to myself or Chris with the hashtag SC mailbag and we will get your questions on air. Otherwise you can jump onto our discords and ask them on there. There are sections, categories specifically for them. We have a pair of questions today. It's nothing too crazy. First one comes from slasher XR eight question. What do you feel about banning current cards that are erratas and reprinting them anew as a new set? Uh, well, I think we already answered that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty partial to it. I think the game has too many erratas. I'd rather just ban and retrains. I think that would be better for the longevity of the game, personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I agree. I agree. Like, it's just too many cards that are currently in the game that don't do what they are supposed to do. And it's kind of weird because, like, these erratas nine times out of, not even just nine times, like, most of the times these erratas have led to the extermination of these cards as viable cards which at that point just makes me feel like bro like if you were just gonna if you were going to hit a card hard enough for it to never be played again just ban it like literally just ban it limit it or ban it and the card can still do the same thing but you don't have like a like it's just it almost seems frivolous because essentially what you do is for a brief window of time you make a card not do what it says and then for the long run, it has the same exact effects as if you just banned it. So I just banned that. Just, just, just literally just, just hit the card. I think the idea behind that is just that they can say they didn't kill an R-type, right? So like with Icarus, why didn't you just ban the leader? Ain't no one going to be playing that card anymore. But because there's an R-type around it, and at least via this way, oh, plus there's an event card for the deck. So it'd be kind of a meme if they banned the leader and then you have an event card that doesn't work with like the deck it's meant to. So let's go broken. So, so that's, so that's the thing. I think it's, it's their way of being able to effectively ban a card without basically removing an entire archetype from the game. I think it's their middle ground. So with key cards, often they'll do that. Um, with care, like leaders, obviously they do that at like, very rarely do we just have flat out banned leaders. So the fact that Cell Surge got banned is like a big one for me because they usually just are out of leaders, right? The only ones that really get banned are like what Mecha. So like they always are out of leaders to non-existence. They did it with Super Shenron. Um, they've done it with Yellow Burly. So it is shocking that they actually outright banned a leader. But I, I think that's their I think that's their way. I think it's just their way of being able to not have to dedicate design space to future sets to creating a card that would bring back a, uh, an archetype that they just banned out. So I, I think that's just their middle ground for it. I don't like it, but I, I think that's just I, I think that's just their middle ground solution to that. I feel you, I feel you. Uh, and then there is a side question. Uh, how do you feel about making Fu Shrouded uh, into an ultimate? What would your pros and cons be? Uh, what? Pers- <laughs> uh, I don't know who asked this. 
Uh, it's it's the same one slash RXR. Uh, personally, I think it's a great idea giving new players and existing players some value of their old card cards and players of an old chance to make changes to their existing discs, replacing or removing current cards. In there. Okay, that was probably in in regards to the first question. Um, as far as the second, I don't I don't know. I just, just ban the card. Like here's the thing: the ultimate tag is very sacred to Dragon Ball. Um, in terms of our card game, it represents a lot. Uh, you know, the one time they tried to experiment with ultimate, um was with the sin and like they never did it again why'd they never do it again because the ultimate keyword sacred to the game it means something it has a rarity aspect it has a collectability aspect to it um so utilizing that keyword is very, you have to be very careful about it because it means a specific thing in this card game um in terms of like thematics and marketing and all of that uh, add on top of that that like I don't know, man. I think if you had the ultimate tag to Fu, you're just effectively banning it. Like the the what made Fu incredibly strong was that it was your second SCR. But I don't think anyone's replacing Baby Hatch, Pan, uh, Kai specifically for Fu, unless I'm wrong. But I don't think so. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna straight up like kind of be there with you. It's it is a soft ban to the card, but at the same point, I'm a little afraid to go there because, like. I just, he, he's like, literally Fu is just chilling there on his Emperor Palpatine shit. Like, like Bandai and the player base in general was just holding the lightsaber and the Mace Windu saber. And they're like, he's too dangerous to be left alive. Like, like straight up, if this guy <laughs> had ultimate, yeah, he would see not a lot of play. But there's just going to be the point where a deck is like, I've got so much defense. Like, my deck has so much hashtag yellow energy. I don't need to play Baby Edge. I don't need to play Pan. I will just end your life on turn six with SCR foo. And that is like, that is, he literally is too dangerous to be alive. So I feel like the point you kind of have to get is that he was only played at one anyway. So it doesn't change anything in terms of playability. It changes everything in terms of, is he worth the SCR slot? And to be fair, there are SCRs that there, there are like, if you put foo as a ultimate rare card right now, he would outrank instantaneously. 80 percent if not 85 yeah. percent of the scrs in the game yeah you, immediately you have like three <laughs> you have like three scrs you would consider before him and one of them is like blue so <laughs> and it, that's legitimately, it. <laughs> it, it would be it would honestly be crazy like giving foo the ultimate status is like it, it's like kratos joining the pantheon in god of war like he, he just comes in he's the newbie but he could clap most of the squad low diff <laughs> and it's just like that is I, I it is not see the thing when i say like uh bands have to be done with the you know balance in mind you can put foo as an ultimate and foo has the exact same function and his current function is toxic and so yeah. i i would just you either either let him bang you either you let you either let him sit here and and be an equal opportunity game wrecker for the entire format or you just need to get him out of the game there's like no real in between yeah like yeah i would just feel terrible about it if my opponent was playing food right and then the, the, yeah no i just that no 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 that, that card can stay dead like i don't like yeah it sucks but like the s power was like a ten dollar card the sr version was like a dollar like it's it's not like anyone's losing sleep on losing food at this point aside from some people who was just their favorite card, I guess. <laughs> yeah, look, people are already com- people are already compl- uh, comparing any blue SCR to uh, to uh, Hatch. They were comparing 
almost any SER, the benchmark for an SER in general with Kai. Now it's Pan slash Kai, and if you're blue, it's Hatch, but so far nothing in the game can rival Hatch. You, we don't need Fu coming in to further invalidate any somewhat balanced SER. Like, if Fu becomes an ultimate slot, like, we're people are no longer going to buy cases unless you're a hard collector, because there's no reason. Like, if, yeah. if this SER does not beat Pan, Fu, or Kai... Like, that's an absurd statement. If the, if the SCR does not win you the game, the turn it comes down, prevents you from losing the turn it comes down, <laughs> it's just useless. Like, no. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. No, that's that's not the way. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I think I think Fu can just stay with us. <laughs> the, the dark realm with yeah the, the 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 booty warrior did his work he can he can slumber now <laughs> we that uh i'm actually very very excited that booty warrior food is a thing now. it definitely stuck around and i definitely got way more dms than i was expecting to get this past week over it <laughs> it's wild I got, I got zero dms about it <laughs> i got i got one gentleman in my discord who brought it up and i was like yeah i did say that didn't i but, but uh i like i got nothing the DMs are like, yo, th- did I really just listen for 10 minutes about Chris talking about the booty warrior foo? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I mean, okay, but the real question is, was it relevant or not? Uh, like, did, was the analogy true or not? Uh, it worked, it worked. <laughs> there we hey. go, then. Um, so our last, our second and last question comes from Torax, where he says, what's your favorite card art? I always have a tough one with this one because I don't actually spend enough time thinking back about which cards are like my absolute favorites. There are some SPRs I absolutely love. Um, so instead, I, I guess I'll give a media, like a medium answer where I say like some of my favorite SPRs of all time. And then one of them is not even an SPR. But um, there's a, and as the SPR Gogeta, the one where it's like, uh, we were talking about the black backgrounds with like the gold trim. Uh, it's like SSB Vegeta, uh, Gogeta, like that card's like solid. I love it. Um, Team Gotenks, um, the uh, SPR of that one I think is absolutely gorgeous. I love that card. Um, the Gold Foiling works really well with this Poisoning. I think he just looks like a sick character. Uh, so that one is like one of my favorites. Um, and then if we're talking about the next set, oddly enough, my favorite card art from next set, aside from like Secret Rares, like I, I'm just gonna keep Secret Rares off the list because like they kind of they're on they're their own breed. Um, there's um I think it's an uncommon. It's Zamasu. Um, and it's this card that's drawn, like every, every, most cards in our game look like they would look like in the show, right? There's not a lot of shading. They look like they're ready to get animated, which is typical, right? Like it, it's, it's, that's usually the kind of stuff we get. Cause we want to identify with the style of the show. However, this Zamasu, and I don't even have the card name up. I'm not even going to look, but like, if you guys look at the Zamasus in Realm of God, you'll just know it has like shading. It's stylized. It is like, it is act like i don't know who went so hard on an uncommon card but it is actively one of the prettiest drawn arts um for this game in my opinion it is just really solidly well done a fantastic shading fantastic posing um so from an art perspective i love it um i'd love to say that i'll leave it in the show notes but i won't so if you guys ever ping me on discord and ask me like what card specifically like i'll I'll pull it up <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah so, that, so those for me like th- those are a couple of sprs and if we're talking about the new set like that that art like speaks to me like it's just it's just really nice 
I can I can I can definitely get behind that. Um, ironically, after all the dragging that we just had on the card, if I had to give like de facto my most favorite card art in the game, like there are so many cards that I could definitely put on this pedestal, but there's only one card that instantly pops into my mind. It's actually SPR Foo. Um, it's, a it's, before, a, it's a hot card. It's a hot card. It, yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the hottest cards, and it is kept it has held its heat for me for like ten. 12 13 sets now it's just been so freaking good looking and on top of it being good looking it also ends the game so like it's like it's a double whammy like the card looks amazing and then he comes down on like the board and like just nuts start quaking bro like you just know you're about to get game like the moment he resolves so like i think that's actually that's actually like the double feat like it's it, it's one of my favorite looking cards in the game yeah, I mean, it's always better when it's like a really impactful card too, right? Because then it's just like double, like you said, it's like I like that double flex. Yeah. Um, I guess one more anecdotal ad. Now that I'm, I'm my my gears grinding. Um, the SPR super combos, the multicolor super combos. I think those are absolutely gorgeous. I think they're those did hot. look fire. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I'm not even talking <laughs> the collector's volume. I think the collector's volumes are cool, but just the generic SPRs with them all holding like balls, all out, like the beam blasts on top of their head. Like, I think those are super cool. <laughs> so with that said, those are all the questions. Of course, guys, if you want to ask any questions on air, then feel free to just tweet at us with the hashtag SC mailbag or just jump on the discord and ask there and we'll answer on air. But with that said, guys, that was our show for this week. Chris. What do you got going on this week for our listeners who want more of UniX? Sheesh. Um, I'm glad you said UniX instead of UniX DB. Um, in terms of, like, look, I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm going to put this out there the best way I can put this out there. And that's honest. If there's anything you're ever going to get from me, it's supreme levels of honesty. Um, I love making content for Dragon Ball Super, but... The sample size is low enough, and I don't think I'll ever hit peak subscribers like some of the people that are currently at the tip, tippity top. So I enjoy making content for you guys. I enjoy having the discussion in the Discord, in the comment section. I love, love, love it. But right now, there's a very, 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 very small amount of information coming out about this game. Like, I'd have to start making some real BS right now to put out daily or every other day videos like I normally do. So instead of trying to squeeze a rock for water, I'm just doing it naturally, you know? If a topic comes up in my Discord or my DMs, I'm going to make a video on it. If we get some new news, I'll make a video on it. But I've pretty much extended, like I've gone through all the archetypes pretty much on, um, except Devorah because, oh, lol, um, for the uh, next set. I've gone through my top picks. I've, uh, I-, I was going to do like a favorite art video, but I was like, bro, I'm not going to be us y'all like that. Like, <laughs> I just... Um, I don't have anything to do for Dragon Ball Super right now, and so I'm just going to let it chill until there's something meaningful to put up. Uh, but on the other hand, I do have UniXDB, where I am doing Doken and Legends videos. We're in the 7th anniversary of Dragon Ball's uh, Doken battle, so there's going to be another banner coming out soon, and I'll be doing that. I'm doing stages for high-end content right now. And then you have the new My Hero Academia Ultra Impact game that's on Unix Gotcha, which is another channel. And um, so far, I accidentally, like, lucked into one of the better accounts for Global. Um, they have infinite rerolls when you start your game. And I got a good 
team and then my roles with all the free content stuff were really, really good. So I'm like clearing content that I'm watching content creators that actually get like paid for that aren't having good times with. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a channel. So uh, if you want to go over there and support that, yeah, link will be somewhere on my channel. You can visit me on Twitter. I post about it. Um, but like I said, I'm going to give you guys content for Dragon Ball Super when I feel like it's meaningful. And right now there's nothing necessarily meaningful going on. Yeah, uh, super fair. I mean, y'all already know me. Uh, I go on, you know, week long hiatuses from the game whenever it's just like, I, I just got nothing to talk to you guys about. <laughs> so it's, uh, I feel that vibe super strongly. Um, even then, like, uh, for a hot minute, um, the only thing I was really posting on the channel were the podcasts because like the talk shows fun. It's a good time to get conversations going, but sometimes it doesn't warrant an entire video. Uh, on my end, uh, this week I recorded, I had a free weekend, which is awesome. I rarely get those these days. So I spent the entire time recording. Um, we did some MHA stuff, but specifically Dragon Ball, uh, I'll be doing a coverage of DBS Fest in terms of things to get you guys ready. Uh, I know there's content that, you know, other people have already created and then other creators are just kind of waiting for it to be closer to March before getting into that kind of content because they feel like it'll be more relevant at that time. And I totally respect that. I totally get it. I mean, Brian was telling me the same things. Like, I don't, I don't feel like making Z16 content until we get Z16. I'm like, yeah, fair. Um, but I had the chance, so uh, I'm going to release, I have a couple of videos I recorded that are going to be releasing throughout the week, um, talking about sideboarding, um, and then how to go into, how to think about best of one pre-sides, and then the meta going into, uh, DB, the, the likely meta going into DBS Fest, and then there's one I haven't recorded yet, so we'll see if I get it in for, uh, end of week release, but, uh, as well as Rogue Decks that we may be looking at DBS Fest, so just... General DBS Fest coverage a month ahead of time just to get people ready, get people practicing. We already have all the cards, so I know y'all are on untap, getting your grind out. That's not me, but if I could create any content around supporting you guys <laughs> on that front, then all the better. He said that ain't me, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, that, was... I, I, that caught me. That caught me off guard. I thought you were going to lead into something like a little different. You just straight up, that ain't me, but... Uh... <laughs> I just, it's just, it's, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be the content for that week, guys. So check everything out. Um, as far as uh, Chris's stuff, I'll make sure that that's linked in the description down below. So if you guys want to check any of his stuff, uh, whether it's XDBS, XDB, or XGotcha, those are all be in the description as well. With that said, that's our show for this week, guys. Of course, thanks for listening. Glad to be able to talk to you guys once again. And of course, we'll talk to you guys again next week. And until then, best of luck with your top deck, guys. See you, see ya.